Welcome to episode number six of In the Know with WTO, the podcast all about West Texas opportunities and nonprofits. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and thank you for listening. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen. And please subscribe so you can be notified anytime we have a new episode. And follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, just search for West Texas Opportunities and you'll find us. Please follow us and like our pages. We can also be found on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash WTO. And inside Anchor, you can record a message for us with any comments or suggestions. You can also email us at podcast at gowto.org with any suggestions or if you would like to tell your story on a future episode. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, uh, please rate our podcast and leave a review and tell a friend or family member about us. On today's episode, I have Diane Cortez with me again. Um, over the past few episodes, you have heard from Sarah Bartlett, Susan Taylor, Don Mortimer, Diane Cortez, and you're probably wondering, who are you, Brian, and what do you do at West Texas Opportunities? Well, so, I'm about um, to ask you. Exactly. So I asked uh, Diane to come back in again and um, kind of interview me uh, and kind of so you can learn a little bit more about me and where my career has taken me and how or what I do here at West Texas Opportunities. Yep. So it's your turn to be in that hot seat. <laughs> we were there. Now it's your turn. It's my turn. Okay. So <laughs> now it's all Diane. Okay. So let's start off with, uh, tell me about yourself, Brian. Uh, my name is Brian Rodriguez. I'm currently our technology and facilities director here at West Texas Opportunities. I have almost 20 years of management experience, and I'm the type of leader that will show you how to do something. And I'm never going to make you feel dumb because you asked me that same question 20 times. I know. I know. <laughs> so you've seen it firsthand. And yes. I know a lot of our, our employees know that I'm there. And I, I'm a fast learner. And I, if I don't know the answer, I'm going to research anything to find out more. A few examples of that. Technology. I know the insides, insides and outs of technology. I learned how to do electrical work, plumbing work, automotive work, how to repair a phone and a computer, how to edit audio and video, graphic design, and now podcasting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when you joined West Texas Opportunity, is that what you were doing? Uh, no. Well, it, it, because of my previous jobs, I've learned to, to learn everything as quickly as possible mm -hmm. and then turn around and train everybody else. I'll talk about that here in a couple of seconds when I talk about my careers. Mm -hmm. But since I was a child, I love technology. I first got a computer with dial-up internet when I was 13. Wow. Uh, this is back in <laughs> 1995 whenever not everybody had internet. I remember having to use our phone line to hear the little dial-up tone. Nobody oh, could yes. use the phone while I was online. <laughs> so while I did this, um, I eventually learned how to build a computer, how to repair them, um, I'm the type of person that will take something apart just to see how it works. And most of the time I can put it back together, but not always. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are in the same boat as me. Oh yes. Um, but we're always trying to fix something and, um, it's, it's a good learning experience. Yes, it is. And we're always calling on you. So we know <laughs> firsthand what it is you do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and when I was young, like all kids, I wanted to be a teacher, a doctor, or a police officer. So I was able to kind of hit one of those, but yes. um, 
when I was 15, I got my first car. It was an older vehicle. It needed repairs. It, it was a 1983 GMC Jimmy. That was in 1997. So that car was already 14 years old. So as you can imagine, it needed some work. Probably. So because of that, <laughs> I learned all about fixing cars. Well, that's um, good. My grandpa and my dad were both mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandpa owned a, a place in, in Welch. It was called Welch Motor Clinic. He, he taught me a lot. My dad taught me a lot. Um, they, they taught me how to change spark plugs. I remember the very first problem I had was with a, a bad coil and the spark plugs. Uh-huh. And I, I know driving, about those being was, a fleet manager. <laughs> I was driving the, I think I was driving the Welch or something and it, it stalled on the highway. And as a kid, I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> so they showed me how to re- change out the wires, change spark plugs oil changes, changing the tire, installing a stereo, all kinds of basic mechanic work. And for a little while, I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll be a mechanic when I yeah. grow up. But as well, as all of us, our careers take different paths, yes. and um, we end up in different places without realizing it. And so we're th- glad you didn't be, become a mechanic because <laughs> that, we wouldn't have you around. Exactly. <laughs> So um, what led you to West Texas Opportunities, Brian? So the story of my career is a little bit long. Okay. So grab some popcorn. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So all our listeners go pop some popcorn. Uh, I'm going to talk for about 10 minutes now. (laughs) My career is kind of long. It first started, uh, I had an after-school job working at Reed Bethel Tire, which is still in business here in La Mesa. Mm -hmm. It was in the senior year of my high school. So I only worked from four to six every day. So it was only two hours a day. And then on Saturdays, I would work from 7 to 12. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that many hours, but as a high school student, I was happy with my weekly $70 a month paycheck. So wow. that, that kind of <laughs> made a difference for a high school a high school student. Yes. I learned all about the tire business. I met some amazing people who showed me everything that I needed to know. Mm-hmm. I worked there until I graduated high school in May. Um, the reason why I left there, um, it it just wasn't for me. Um, if you've ever worked on tires for cars, that's that's pretty easy. But dealing with tractor tires and, and 18-wheeler tires is a yes. little bit too, too much for me. So um. because of that, I moved on to a different career. And what I did, I started the next month in June, I started working at an outsourced call center. Uh-huh. And like a lot of us, this is where some of us start our career. And some people still work at call centers. But... What this was, it, it was a company that had contracts for other companies. So basically, they they took phone calls for other companies. And the company that I took phone calls for in the beginning was a company called AT&T Wireless. This was what it was called before it became Singular Wireless, if you've ever heard that many years ago. Yes. And now it's back to AT&T again, so it's the same company. Um, while I did this, I learned all about cell phones, how to provide world-class customer service. I learned how to program phones, how they worked inside and out. About two years after that, I became a lead representative. This basically meant I would take those supervisor phone calls when somebody's upset and they say, I want yes. your supervisor. That was me. <laughs> yes. And then um, after that. I bet I, that wasn't fun getting those calls. Though. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the, I got an earful for some people. But <laughs> the other fun part about that, which kind of led me to where I am today, uh, I got to walk around and answer the questions that people had. And that kind of built my, 
I guess my people skills on how to answer questions, how to not make people feel bad for asking that same question over and over. So now I don't feel bad when I'm asking no, you questions. No. <laughs> and then after that, I took a little different, same company, but a little bit different career. Mm-hmm. I became a credits and adjustment specialist, which basically that worked on the finance side of things where whenever you call a company and they give you a credit, my job was to actually review that credit and see if it was valid and make sure that, that yes. the person followed all the rules. I would either approve or deny that credit. So I would be the one that would send that email to that person saying, hey, guess what? You added it wrong. They get less. <laughs> so that that had its own challenge because then you had some upset customers that were promised something and then we had to make some changes. But yes. that's kind of what I did until that point. Then my career took a little bit of interesting um turn. Mm -hmm. I became a Red Hat support agent. And what this means, anytime that company opened up a brand new company somewhere else, another location, Mm -hmm. the company sent me all expenses paid for two to four weeks. And I got to travel to all these different locations, which led to my biggest passion, mm-hmm. traveling. I love to travel. I know. You're always gone. All I'm over like, the place. oh, you're gone again. <laughs> so um, I got to do a lot. My very first trip was to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I had never been pretty much outside Texas, huh? and my very first trip was to Canada. And it was neat. It was, it was basically... If you've never heard of Edmonton, Alberta, that's where the world's largest mall is. They have like a... Um, amusement park they have i think like three thousand stores oh wow all kinds of stuff Uh, and i guess us women would want to be there right (laughs) i remember i went there and i'm a guy so i don't like shopping but it was neat it was neat to see all that stuff in one location Mm -hmm. another thing is the money was a neat thing for me because in canada their money is colored it's not green like it is in the united states it's Mm -hmm. it's every different color oh wow and when i left there i said you know what? that's an amazing idea because you can look at a, a red a red bill and be like, Oh, that's $10. Uh-huh. And just by the color, you knew what it was. You didn't actually have to look at it. So that was pretty neat. Did you keep, keep any of it? I did. I did. Oh, so you and have some, I have some. And also they had, uh, they did not have dollar coins or dollar bills. So that, that took some getting used to. Wow. They had a dollar coin and a $2 coin and they mm-hmm. were like bigger. They called them loonies and toonies, which <laughs> was kind of weird. But I got that experience. I was there for almost a month. So imagine living in a, in a different uh, um, country. It was a neat experience. Uh, that's where I, I lived in a hotel for a month, which mm-hmm. was kind of weird at the time. And how but, old were you when you were uh, in this job? Uh, to this point, I was 21. Okay. So before that, I first started that job when I was 18 with this wow. company. And they, it, it was it was a good experience. A, a few other places I went to after that was uh, Tamarack, Florida, which is Fort Lauderdale. They had the bluest beaches ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, which is near Nashville, and I helped and train all these new locations. So after that, I I found out you know what I love training people. <laughs> so because of that, I applied to become a trainer as soon as the position opened up. Uh-huh. I interviewed and I did several presentations and I was offered the job as a trainer. Uh-huh. I would help and help and hire for this class for a class. The classes were six weeks long and they had 25 to 30 employees. It was hard uh-huh. because I was teaching people of all different ages straight oh. out of high school uh-huh. or older adults. 
And so what was the training based on? It was AT&T Wireless. Oh. So it was training them right. how to provide customer service mm-hmm. for somebody with their cell phone. So it was basically, like I said, it was hard in the beginning. But today, this kind of, if you flash forward all those years ahead of, of time, mm-hmm. this this kind of shows you where I learned to be so patient and help people and answer all these questions. I had some pretty good training uh, during this training, I was also their direct supervisor. So as you can imagine, I learned how to manage different people, different environments, different situations, um, both good and bad. So I think it was it was a learning experience for me. I learned how to train people and be their supervisor for pretty much anything they needed during that six weeks. Yes, I can understand and can relate to you as a supervisor. Uh, being a supervisor, it does take the patience that you need to put it up a with. Lot. Yes, it really does. And after that, I volunteered. I did that for about a year and a half. Same company, just over and over. Every six weeks, twenty-five new people come would walk in the door, start all over. But after that, about a year and a half later, I volunteered to move to a different program. This meant I had to learn all about Comcast high-speed internet. You've probably mm-hmm. heard of this company before. They they provide internet service for their customers, and this is where I got to learn all about more about technology. Yeah, like on the previous episode, you said we call you when there's internet <laughs> yes. down. This is where I learned how to troubleshoot something over the phone and all those questions that I will ask whenever somebody calls me and says, "Hey, my internet's down." This is where I, I learned that that trait. Um, while I was a trainer in Lubbock, um, I was able to travel to help when new offices opened. So sometimes I would train in Lubbock, but the other times we would open new offices, for example, in St. Louis and Laredo. We opened a huge building in Laredo, and I went there like five times. But I would get to travel and just do my six-week training class there uh-huh. in a different city and different people and different environment, which was neat being that young, being yeah. able to to experience these places. Um, some places I went to was uh, St. Louis, Tucson, um, a few places that I can't even remember. It's been so long ago. Yeah. But I bet you enjoyed the training and the traveling. Sounds like it was a very exciting job. It was fun. It was exciting. It was, uh, it was a challenge sometimes. And, and I can tell you like a challenge. <laughs> I really do. And, um, uh, same company, uh, uh, I switched again to, I had to learn a company called Adelphia, which is another cable company. They're based out of New York. It was real similar to Comcast, so it was an easy transition. But by this point, I was ready for a change. I, I loved what I did. I loved the, the um, management part of my job, but I wanted something different. So I applied for this company in Odessa to be their training specialist slash training manager. Oh, wow. And I got the job. Uh, I was hired as a a Metro PCS trainer and the training manager. I did this for about six months. And Metro PCS was a company that they were pretty, they're still around today. But at that time, it was neat because you would go into a store and buy a cell phone. It was a prepaid cell phone. You would pay $40 for the phone Uh and you would get the first three months free. So it's like an oh, amazing great. deal where yes. people would go in, they would just buy a new phone <laughs> to get three more months of service for free. So it's yes. pretty neat. And um, you can't do that now. <laughs> no, they no longer offer that. <laughs> no, I did that for about six months, and then um, we received a new contract for a company called SureWest. They are a cable internet company, 
And because of my experience, uh, they said, would you be, or my manager said, would you be willing to go to Sacramento for two months, learn everything you possibly can learn about SureWest and come back and train us? So I went to Sacramento for two months, went to the SureWest headquarters. They taught me everything I could possibly ever want to know about cable TV, high-speed internet, and phone service, and pretty much everything I could possibly need to know. Mm -hmm. Then I came back. Um, I trained everybody in Odessa, got about 100 employees hired, trained. And by this point, in my mind, I was thinking, I'm ready to stay in La Mesa because I, I was on the road a lot, but I wanted something local where I wouldn't have to drive back and forth to Lubbock or drive back and forth to Odessa. So I started looking for a different career. Mm-hmm. And this is where I first learned about West Texas opportunities. Okay. I... I first applied to be the JART coordinator mm-hmm. and like a few other people on our few previous episodes, I wasn't the first pick, okay. which it's not bad to be yeah. not the number one pick. Um, the position JARC stand for job access reverse commute. Mm-hmm. It was a brand new program that was just starting. And basically it was a program to take people from small cities to larger cities to work. Mm-hmm. And that position was given to somebody else. Um, it was actually given to Karen, which is your, your boss, Karen yes. Faulkner. And I remember something like that. Yeah. I think when I came on board, Andrews had, we had like shuttle buses, yep. a lot yep. bigger buses. We had some shelters built because of that program. Mm-hmm. But um, Karen was the CAP coordinator at that time. CAP stands for Comprehensive Energy Assistance Program. So Karen moved into that JARC coordinator position. And Janet Everhart, which is our executive director at that time, she offered me the CAP coordinator position. I had never heard about CAP. I never knew what CAP was, but it seemed very interesting. I took a very large pay cut, and you and I talked about pay cuts yes. earlier. That the the pay is not always the the number one thing to look for. No. For me, I looked at it as I was local in La Mesa. I no longer had to provide uh drive back and forth wear and tear on a vehicle gas all that stuff so the pay cut really didn't matter in the beginning Mm -hmm. and after that i i started working for west texas opportunities and since day one it was the best decision i ever made it was it's like a family atmosphere working for us and you know that firsthand that we all kind of get along and we Mm -hmm. all work together we all have the same mission to to do the best we can for our clients and I was part of our leadership team, which uh, allowed me to continue to grow on that aspect. And I was also able to do monthly neighborhood center trainings, which allowed me to continue my my favorite thing to do, train people. So it was was a great decision. I enjoyed it. I did that for nine and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, it It was rewarding because you could see how that program actually impacted our clients and in that program, for example, it it, it paid electric bills uh, for, for our clients that qualified. It mm-hmm. paid their gas bills. It paid uh, repairs for heating and cooling appliances. It at that when it first start when I first started, it did refrigerators. So I got to learn so much about electric companies, gas companies. I learned about kilowatt rates. I learned about uh, 
the ins and outs of HVAC systems, so which helps me with my job today where mm-hmm. if somebody calls me and says, hey, my air conditioner isn't coming on, I know all the parts of how they work. I, I yeah. can't fix them, but I know what parts are actually <laughs> there. Tell them, I, I can tell them what's wrong with it, <laughs> yes. but I learned that part of it. Um, I got to see from our clients how it actually helped them. We have a bunch of elderly clients that they they – they have to make that tough decision where do I buy medicine or do I pay my electric bill? And this program helped ease those limitations of poverty. So they're able to use their money for something else. And And that is a wonderful thing that West Texas opportunities does. And it it was wonderful. I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I learned about water heaters. Uh, Before I started this position, I had no idea what a, a window unit. I remember I bought several window units uh, for my house, and and I'm like, why are they not cooling? They're not working. Mm-hmm. Turns out there's different BTUs that the, you have. <laughs> if you get the five thousand uh, five thousand BTU air conditioner that you see at Walmart for like ninety nine dollars, <laughs> they're not, not going to do cool much. Yet. It's not going to do much. So I learned all about that heat mm-hmm. pumps. Um, and when when I first started, CAP was small. Mm-hmm. It was basically a million dollars was our budget and you're probably thinking man a million dollars i could do a lot (laughs) but when you divide that out by 18 counties and for Mm -hmm. administration and for everything else we have to to have the the program running it wasn't very much it would Mm -hmm. run out pretty quick and then we would have to wait till the next year but CAP has grown so large that um when i left our budget was like six million dollars which wow. allowed us to do so much for our, mm-hmm. for our community. Uh, I haven't really checked budgets. I have no idea what it is now, but I know it's a pretty large amount. But at this point, like CAP was a great experience. I learned all about how to how to create these multi-million dollar budgets, which helped me in my career because the average person has never created a budget like that. So I think it was very informational. Um, I learned how all kinds of different things. So CAP was great for me, but you know how I am. I'm always looking to make things better. Oh, yes, you are. And while I was working <laughs> on CAP, I was doing my full-time job with CAP and doing an amazing job running that program, mm-hmm. I started slowly implementing changes to our to our environment. So I started getting better computers, better printers, better scanners. Mm -hmm. I eliminated fax machines. And all this was while I was doing the CAP program. Mm -hmm. Um, We went to a company called Ring Central. They basically, anytime we get faxes, it goes into your email. I I then had the challenge of implementing Office 365. This was all while I was doing CAP. (laughs) So Office 365 is what we use. It basically allows us to house all of our documents. It allows us to Uh, do so much, collaborate with each other. It's our email system. So I basically had to migrate everybody from our old system, which was pretty outdated to this new system. It was a, it was a great learning experience, but I think it, at the end, it was very, very uh, rewarding because now I know the ins and outs of office 365 and all of our systems. Mm -hmm. So to kind of flash forward to 2017, Jenny offered me a, a new position as the technology and facilities director. Um, I love technology. I, I, I know all about our facilities, like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. So it was a perfect fit. 
But so let me ask you something. How does a typical day look for you? Well, it, it it's it's different. But <laughs> let let me just step back for one second before I answer that. Um, being offered this job, I was sad to let CAP go. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can imagine, I spent nine and a half years building this program, making forms, working with all our case managers. It was really hard to let it go, but I knew it was a good opportunity. And I knew that CAP is going to be in great hands with Elder Barrera. You mentioned her on your previous episode. Yes. Her and I worked together since day one. She was our CSBG coordinator at the time. She knew a lot about CAP, and she knew I was just a phone call away if she had any issues or questions. So at this point, CAP, I felt, was in good hands. So mm-hmm. I moved on to my new position. And my typical day, what does it look like? Yes. Some days are crazy. <laughs> As you can imagine, I'm responsible for 22 locations. Mm-hmm. Some days are really slow. So I have time to work on other things. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do as a technology and facilities director, I'm responsible for all the technology, all the social media for our organization. When I first started this new position, I had to figure out what we had. We had so much equipment all over the place. I had to figure out what we had, what was outdated, what needed to be replaced. So the very first thing I did, I implemented a cloud-based asset trap tracking program. This is those little blue tags you see on all of our uh-huh. equipment. Those tags tell me everything. They tell me when we first bought this item, how much we paid for it, uh, if there's been any repairs that we've done to it, um, if the item is is damaged, if it's been destroyed because it's no longer repairable. So it tells me the whole story of our of our, of our equipment. So I can tell you where something is at in, in any of our 22 locations. So that's the very first thing I did. Okay. The second thing I did was by 22 locations, I stay really busy and email is good, but kind of you, everybody knows you get a bunch of junk email. Yes. So I had to implement a cloud-based uh, ticket system. This ticket system allowed me to stay organized. It, so I know I had a bunch of moan and groan saying, I don't want to do a <laughs> ticket. I just want to call you. I just want to email yes. you. But what that does, it, it basically lets me stay organized. Uh, it lets me know what tickets are open. Um, I installed some network monitors. That way I know what's going on at all of our locations. And that's something good that you mm-hmm. did because I can understand where you come from. You get a call and uh, you're like, okay, who was it that needed something done? And see, we go through the same thing as a, as a fleet manager. We also, you know, implemented something to for the drivers. So, yes, that is something really good that you created there because then you can go back and look, did I get this fixed or did I not? And that and that and that's the reason why I did it. And you know as well as I do, you'll get a phone call and you're in the middle of something and you tell somebody, okay, I'll get on it as soon yes. as I get to it, and you forget. Mm-hmm. So that that's to avoid that problem. Yes. Another thing that I did was our security cameras. Mm-hmm. Initially, when I got this job, I was supposed to work directly with those security camera companies and kind of just be the go-between when stuff needed to get installed, uh, when things needed to get repaired. But you know how I am. I had to go above and beyond. And what ended up happening is I learned the insides and outs of our security cameras. Um, Not not wireless cameras. These are actually um, uh, cameras that are hardwired in where they have a constant connection. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn how to run wires, how to 
do all this different things. And, and it worked out well because I put new, new cameras at all of our Head Start locations. I manage all those cameras. If a camera goes out, I can mm-hmm. go out and replace it. it. It's actually cheaper in the long run to do it this way. When we built our Odessa office, I'm the one that installed 14 cameras in that in that location, and um, it saved our company a, a lot of money. I I think the bid that we got for cameras was something like twenty thousand dollars to oh, run wow. those cameras, and I did it just in a few days and got it set up. So it was a great learning experience. I'm working slowly as I have time to install more cameras at more of our locations. Um, I also did a phone system for us. So um, all of our sites switched over to a voice over IP system, which is basically um, you can basically take your phone with you when you leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, my phone, my office phone is set up where if somebody calls my office phone, uh, my cell phone rings as well. So it's it was a neat system. It saved us, I think, I don't know, two or $3,000 a month on phone service. And that's so really good because you won't miss a call. You won't miss a call. And mm-hmm. so that first year I was real busy. So that kind of described what what my first year looked like. But as far as my typical day, which was a question that you <laughs> asked, my typical day is just working as, on tickets as they come in. I guide our program directors and our staff on technology. I help implement new things that, that we need as, as far as agency-wide. Um, I make sure that we're protected from viruses and ransomware. I install updates and patches to make sure that we're secure. I'm responsible for all the computers, the um, phone systems, copy machines, our networks everywhere, pretty much everything that gets plugged in. Well, I can see where you say you wear many hats. That, so, yes, when you work with West Texas Opportunities, you just don't not wear one hat. You wear many hats. Yeah, we, we all wear hats. <laughs> uh, a few other things that, that I do is I recommend improvements for our facilities. Um, so if, if I see that maybe we need roof repairs done, I make those those suggestions. And then I oversee those roof repairs, carpet. We had a bunch of carpet changed out at, at many of our locations uh, new floor tiles, renovations. In Fort Stockton, we built a new, like two new offices. So that, nice. I kind of oversaw that. So as always, I'm I'm always busy. Yeah, so always busy. Um, I, I, since I work for all of our programs, I know all about West Texas opportunities, both inside and out. So this is the reason why I created this podcast. That mm-hmm. way our community, our employees, Everybody knows as much as I do about the agency. Yes. So I mean, I'm learning a lot from you, and I can see where your previous employments, you know, opened the doors to the job you have now, and you're able to do all these. You learn so much of the technology and everything that it's helped you with your job now, the yes. position that you have. I think it's good to learn everything. It's it's good to learn um, more and more things every day and make yourself as, as good as you can be. So uh, tell me, what's one thing you wish you had known about West Texas Opportunities, about working at West Texas Opportunities? Something I wish I would have known is I wish I would have known about West Texas Opportunities sooner. It's a great place to work for. Um, We get great benefits. We get 12 sick days a year. We get annual leave, 12 12 days of annual leave a year, uh, 18 holidays. It's like a family environment. I always hear... You're lucky to be off on your birthday, yes. <laughs> which a lot of times I, I don't get to take <laughs> off my, my birthday. I take it another day, but as busy as I am. But like Texas Independence Day is another example where 
most people are like, what? You're off? So yes. it's, it's nice to have those holidays. It's nice to have incentive pay. Uh, mm-hmm. What this is is a benefit that all full-time employees get based on our funding where if based on your performance, we basically get an extra paycheck in June. So that's a, a nice perk to work for us. And then another thing is I'm always here. I never call in sick. So I get to save up my sick time. Every January, I get to sell back 12 days of sick time. So it's a little extra paycheck in Mm -hmm. June. But these are things I wish I would have known sooner. I had so much experience coming in, but it would have been nice to be at West Texas Opportunities a lot sooner. Yes, yes. And what advice would you give someone who is just entering the workforce? Don't limit yourself. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. Learn new things. Research on your own and get experience. And don't be so focused on the pay in the beginning. Some of our younger generations, they may not understand this. I feel like I'm old now doing this, <laughs> this speech. But um, when I first started, and, and I'm only 38, but when I started, I made $5.15 an hour at my first full-time job. Um, my first or my first job I had, which was that part-time job at Reed Bethel, mm-hmm. my first full-time job was $8 an hour. You've got to work your way up. And if possible, try to get your degree. Um, don't forget that you can't see everything. And I there, I used to have this poster. It was a picture of a glacier. Mm-hmm. And it says, you can't see all the hard work underneath. And I know a lot of people see me walking around doing podcasts. And they're like, man, this guy's got it easy. He yeah. does so much fun <laughs> stuff. But they they don't see everything underneath that actually happens every single day. Mm-hmm. So I think... I think that would be the best advice to, to give somebody news. Just give 100%, do, do what you can, learn as much as you can. Um, for me, talking about everything I did in my career before joining West Texas Opportunities, I was so busy that I never really made time to get a degree because mm-hmm. I kept, I kept jo- everything I did was based off of experience and experience, but Degrees are really important. So a little over a year ago, I made the decision to go back and and get my my degree. So right now I'm working on my bachelor's degree. I'm about halfway finished. I remember. I remember that I was going to ask you if you had finished that, that you were going back. Yeah, I'm about halfway finished. And it's something that that I want to do for my career. It's it's something that I want to say, hey, I accomplished this. And um, but it's something that I think is important a lot of us do like I did and say, oh, I'll do it next week or next year. I'll do it eventually. But you've just got to push yourself to do something. In my office, I have this little painting. It's it's a Snoopy painting. And it says, um, keep looking up. That's a secret to life. And in my opinion, that's true. Always yes. look up. Look ahead. Never look behind. We all make mistakes. Oh, we yes. always, As long as you learn from those mistakes that you make, everything's good. Just Just – Learn from those mistakes. Just don't keep making those same mistakes over mm-hmm. and over. Um, you've got to just aim as high as you can. Um, another example is I listen to I listen to a lot of podcasts, and on these podcasts that I listen to, they give you so much advice. There's this one that I listen to. His name's Dave Ryan. He's out of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book, and it, the title's kind of funny. It says, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. <laughs> That's the advice he gives to like somebody just out of the workforce. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So if you ever have some time, they sell it on Amazon. Uh, it's on Kindle. 
I even have it in my office if somebody wants to borrow it. It's pretty good. It gives like life lessons where there's one that he says uh, to feed the goat. He worked at a radio station and his boss said, um, can you go feed the goat? And he's like, hey, my job is to talk on the radio, not yeah. to go feed the goat. But <laughs> by feeding the goat, it showed his boss that he was he was uh, a go-getter and he was able to do different things and, and he could be counted on for other stuff be, beyond his job. So, yes. um and I kind of like, like you said earlier, you've got to love what you, what you do. Mm-hmm. If you hate coming in the work and you, you're miserable every day, you're going to be miserable. You're going to make your other employees, your, your coworkers miserable. So you've just got to enjoy what you're doing. So yes. just, just love what you do. If you're not happy where you're at, maybe look for something else that will make you happy. Yes. And what are the best resources that you, that have helped you along the way? Uh, for me, and you mentioned this a few minutes ago, internet. The inter- you can find any anything yes. on the internet, books. Uh, I read a lot, a lot of books, magazines. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm always on the road, so I listen to a lot of uh, audio books. I listen to podcasts. I attend a lot of webinars, and for those of you that can't attend those webinars, search YouTube. Mm-hmm. They're all in there for free, and you can learn so much, and um, just never stop learning. Okay. And who are the people that uh, you would say had been most influenced to you? For me, it's my parents. Uh, they, they were great influences. I've had really good bosses over the years that saw my potential. They guided me and helped me realize my potential. I remember when I was first hired as a trainer, I was nervous. I wasn't used to being in front of people. And mm-hmm. you know you yes. know how it can be kind <laughs> of nerve-wracking to yes. be in front of somebody um, now I'm at the point where I can get in front of 25 people, a hundred people, a thousand people. And it's, it's just another day at the office. But, but that's another thing is just that they, they saw that capability in me. And I think, um, I think that's kind of what's influenced me. Coworkers. We have great co- coworkers that, that influence us. Janet Everhart. She was a, another influence. She's been influenced an influence to, Everybody I've interviewed so far, she was just an, she's she is an amazing person. Yes, she is. Jenny Gibson, she saw my potential. Mm-hmm. She's allowed me to grow. Uh, she's allowed me to go to so many trainings, so many certifications to make our agency better. Currently, right now, I'm a certified nonprofit technology professional, uh, digital equity professional, an Office 365 certified professional. And so many other uh, certifications. So, because of them, they've influenced me. Uh, she's allowed me to start podcasts and do all kinds yes. of crazy things that <laughs> that have benefited the agency. So that that's who has influenced me. Yes, and you are right about West Texas opportunities. I mean, and I guess that's why it does have opportunities at the end because you have so many opportunities. You might come on board. Uh, in a position and then another position opens and you can apply for it. And that's, what's good about this company. You are right. And, um, what would you think of our mission statement, uh, aligns with your position? Um, our mission statement is again, is to ease the limitations of poverty by investing in families to improve their quality of life. With my job, I have so many responsibilities. I keep adding more and more and more every single day. But I may not work directly with our parents. I may not work directly with our our clients, but 
I ensure that all of our employees have everything they need to get their job done, make sure their internet is up, make sure their computers are working, make sure they have everything they need to um, to do their job. So my slogan is, is kind of like West Texas Opportunities. I'm trying to build better, brighter tomorrows. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I'm amazed of, of listening to you, of, of all the the jobs you've had and everything you've learned and where you're at right now and how you help us all out. I mean, you even created, you did that splash that really mm-hmm. helps us uh, because a lot of us travel and we can just get on our laptop and splash and, and get to see whatever we need to see off of our computer. And I mean, it's just amazing all the things that, that, you know, I mean, I am surprised <laughs> with everything. I'm at all yeah, with that, everything. You- that's a good point and for our <laughs> listeners that splash top is a program we use to connect remotely with this pandemic i was able to basically make an easy transition for our employees that had to work from home they had access to pretty much everything so and then for diane and i we're always on the road so it's good to have access to everything no matter where you're at oh yeah that's something really awesome that you have there so uh, tell me what do you like to do in your spare time when you're not working when your brain's not all with technology so my brain is always working um (laughs) right now um working full-time and going full-time to college i I stay busy with Mm -hmm. with homework and different papers and things like that i spend time with my eight-year-old son elijah Mm -hmm. i spend time with my family uh, before this pandemic, I love to travel. So yes. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I can go back to that soon. In my office, I have a map of the United States. It's kind of like a lottery ticket. You scratch mm-hmm. off every single state you've gone to. Right now, I've been to 23 out of 50 states oh, plus wow. Canada. Mm-hmm. My goal is to visit all 50 states one day. And who knows where my career is going to take me after that. Well, um I mean, we're just, we're glad that you're with West Texas Opportunities and and all the help you give us. And like I said, I know I'm one of them that, Brian, I need you. You know, internet's down here. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it's just, like I said, it's amazing to have you here with us working, you know, with everything you know. It, it's it's taken you a long ways and, and you're still learning and you're still learning and still, still doing growing. so much. Yes. Yeah. Um so um, I guess well, th- thank you for interviewing me. No. Uh, I I know it's been long. It's we're at almost forty two minutes. So <laughs> I know you you've learned a lot about me. I probably gave you more than what you wanted to know, but <laughs> at least you kind of know where where I'm coming from and and kind of my experience. But um, until next time, I really appreciate everybody joining us. And if you're still here, thank you for listening. I know it's been forty two minutes, so. <laughs> Uh, I hope everybody has a great day. And as a reminder, if you have any comments or suggestions, email us at podcast at gowto.org or go to anchor.fm forward slash WTO. Record us a little message. I'd love to play it on a future episode. I hope everybody has a great day. Um, Next episode is next Friday, 8 o'clock in the morning. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye.